Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So if you were to look at the messages over the last couple of weeks that uh, you've been hearing from Metro Church, there's kind of like a flavour uh, talking about the things of change. Uh, and so I'm going to be continuing uh, along those as well. And change, you know, can be one of those reactionary words when some people hear it. Uh, it can be, yay, I love it, bring it on. That might be you. Uh, you might be the complete opposite of that and you say, I really don't like change unless I'm instigating the change. Um, I'm probably a little bit more like that. Or maybe you're just in the, I tolerate it because I know it's going to happen and so I just roll with it all. That maybe is one of the better approaches, but we're all going to have different ways in which we process change and go through it. But when it comes to changes, it's really the unseen changes. Those are the ones that can have the most significance and the most power. Certainly the visible, uh, those things, we note those and they may have impact, but it's really more about the unseen things that I want to be talking about. So I've uh, got a title, if you're into titles, and if you're not, well, I've got a title anyway. It's called Change Your Wardrobe. And as you can see, there's some wardrobe items here. And uh, as the evening goes on, we may or may not refer to those. I'll just keep you guessing on that one. What I do know is that when it comes to our wardrobes, there's a lot in place. So here's the first point for you if you're taking notes. What you wear either allows you or denies you access. What you wear either allows you or denies you access. So I'm going to do my first wardrobe change here. Now, if I start profusely sweating, it's because it's kind of warm in here. It was almost 30 degrees Celsius in Perth today. I've got some lights on, but there you go. Now, uh, my wife, Robin, uh, she saw me getting this message ready, and she saw me gathering some different wardrobe items, and I briefly explained what the idea was. And she wanted me to give you this disclaimer, that uh, when it comes to clothes, guess who is the clothes horse in my family? It'd be me. We've got some pretty substantial wardrobes in our master bedroom. Uh, Robin's is, she's, we, she's got two of them and I've got two of them. One of hers is kind of almost full and the other one is like almost half empty. I've got two, they're completely full. Then I've got another double wardrobe in the study, also pretty much mostly full of my things. So I'm kind of like the, uh, the bit of the, the clothes person here. So, and that's fine. Uh, some people aren't, some people are. That's just one of my things that I like to enjoy. And so the other thing that Robin wanted me to make mention is that I've obviously got different standards and different things that I like to try and do with my wardrobe. And so I've got kind of like, no, I don't want to wear this with that because that won't look as good as if I wear that with that. It's just one of those things that matters to me. So for me, to be seen publicly with this particular combination is somewhat embarrassing, but I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for the Lord. And uh, if you don't know your colour coding rules, you're not meant to wear green and blue together. So depending on the lighting here in the camera, you might not be able to tell that's what I'm actually doing here, but I'm actually wearing green and blue together. So if you care about fashion, you're not really meant to do that on a normal basis. In addition to that, um, I've got some dress jeans, which hopefully look kind of okay. I've got dress shoes on as well. But from my perspective, this tracky-dack top that I've got, this fleecy top, probably doesn't really go with the rest of the outfit. So already, if I was trying to go to certain places, 
This current wardrobe that I'm wearing may not get me access to certain places. Now, I've been a recipient of having the incorrect wardrobe. Uh, many years ago, my wife and I were in Singapore and we wanted to go to the Raffles Hotel, world famous for their high tea. And so uh, we arrived there and uh, ready to go in there. And uh, the staff there were very polite, but also very, very firm with their no. The no was you cannot go in. Something to do with the fact that I had flip-flop sandals and shorts and a T-shirt and everyone else in there had kind of like three-piece dinner suits in the middle of the day. So they've got an incredibly high dress code and uh, as nice as we were, we said, we're from Australia, we've come a long way. It really didn't help. They just said, I'm sorry, sir, madam, you cannot come in here. So I certainly realised that that was one occasion where what I was wearing was a barrier to where I actually wanted to go. So there is a concept then in making sure that you dress appropriately for the situation. But more so than the situation, sometimes what we wear can be an indicator of what's going on on the inside. Not always, but it can be. So for example, if you were going to different events, if you cared about the events you were going to, and you cared about the people that were at those events, you would more than likely try and dress appropriately. Because if you didn't, it could be a sign of disrespect. For example, I went to a wedding just recently, and on the invitation it said cocktail wear. And so I honoured the respect. I wanted to value that connection and that friendship that I had with those people. And so I wore something that was appropriate, which was not this. Rashida? Now, shield your eyes. I actually did not wear this specific jacket to the wedding, but this would be something suitable if it's cocktail wear that you would wear to something like a wedding. Now, this is obviously, it is my jacket, and so I've worn it with more appropriate clothing. You might think this looks okay, not in my books, but that's okay. I still love the jacket itself. So it's actually having something that really is appropriate. You dress appropriately. And when you do things like that, you are sending a message that you've got the right attitude, you've got the right mindset. And when it comes to our responses to the things of God, rather than what we are wearing, our attitudes and our mindsets, they are seen by others just as much as what we're wearing. In fact, sometimes people will look beyond what you're wearing and see what is on the inside of you. And so your wardrobe and who we are as a person, there are incredible parallels that are on there. It might be an external change that you do when you wear something like this, but it also can have a positive effect on you. If you feel that you are dressed appropriately, that you're in the right frame of mind, then you are more comfortable and more confident in going into those particular situations. Now, you also don't want to overdress either. You don't want to do the whole power dressing thing. So if I was to walk into Hungry Jack's wearing this jacket and who knows what else, I might get a few strange looks because I'm probably not dressed appropriately, no offence against uh, fast food outlets like that, but probably not the usual attire that they would be used to. So it's about finding the balance. Ooh, not, uh, not sad to take that one off. That's pretty warm. So what's going on on the inside? It's way more important than what is on the outside. There was this time when, uh, in Jesus' life when the Pharisees came to him and they were having a go at his and his disciples about you know, some of their conduct and what they were eating. And Jesus just gets right back in their face and says, you know, 
it's not about the outside stuff that matters, it's what's on the inside. So we had their number in regards to that, and that's pretty much a similar thing for us as well. So as far as getting our thoughts right then, beyond what we were, getting our thoughts right is pretty important. So here's a scripture for you. This is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, which says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So it's making that conscious decision to be not necessarily doing things the way that you think you want to, but trying to be mindful, inquiring of God and saying, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do and how should I be doing these types of things? So it's about dressing appropriately. So as far as my wardrobe standards go, this is something that I would probably default. This would be my go-to outfit, navy jacket, matches with the navy, uh, sorry, the, the blue jeans. I've got a black t-shirt with the black shoes and there's even a black belt in there somewhere as well. So this is me dressing appropriately for me and I'm not saying everyone has to you know, follow my fashion advice, but if you want to, hey, knock yourself down. But this is me, in my mindset at least, dressing appropriately. And similarly, spiritually, I also want to conduct myself appropriately. And so Romans 12.2 if we get that into our spirits and into our hearts, that's the kind of scripture that enables us to respond appropriately as well. Okay, so that's my first point then. What you wear either allows you or denies you access. Let's go on to the second point for this evening then. This is wear your coat lightly. And uh, this is a, a fascinating story and... I read about this guy, Joseph, I'm going to uh, preempt it for you. I read about him quite often and uh, a lot of people preach about him. And there's, there's so much to this particular guy, so many great things that he did and so many not so great things that he did as well. Let's uh, pick it up at the beginning of some of his story. This is in Genesis chapter 37 and verses 3 to 4. Now Israel loved Joseph, this is his father, Israel's the father, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him, sometimes referred to as the coat of many colours or the Technicolor dream coat. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now with something like that, Wisdom really ought to be in play when you've got a situation like that. You probably think of it as a volatile situation. So here's a couple of things that we can look at just from those couple of verses. First of all, you can't control what others think about you. Joseph didn't put this upon himself. It's his father's choice and perhaps slightly in the bad parenting column of the ledger. Joseph's father kind of like put a bit of this in, in action. So that wasn't Joseph's fault. He couldn't control the favour that had been publicly bestowed upon him. And he couldn't control the fact that his brothers were, I suppose, somewhat understandably jealous of him and really didn't like him. But what you can do is that you can control your conduct. You are completely in control. Ever had a situation where someone has done something that they shouldn't have 
And uh, one of the uh, standard responses is, they made me do it. Think, wow, what power that person has. They physically got your arm or your leg or whatever it is. They somehow got inside your brain, made you say those things, made you do those things. I want to meet that person that is so powerful that they can make me do something that I don't actually allow to happen in the first place. Bit of a joke, of course. So we are responsible for our own control, our own conduct, and we get to do exactly what that's all about. And God wants us to exercise wisdom as well. Let's read on for that story there, further on in Genesis chapter 37. This time we'll pick it up in verses 29 to 34. And you can read the whole story later if you wish to. When Reuben returned to the cistern, this is one of his brothers, when Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. Now, backstory there, they threw Joseph in a big hole. They really didn't like him, wanted to try and get rid of him. So they dug a big hole and threw him into the hole. So that's not exactly brotherly love, is it? So picking up verse 30, he went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? So they then got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it and see whether it's your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. So there's a story that's being told here, but it's a porky, which is Australian for not true, a lie. It's an untruth. But his brothers are so embarrassed and kind of like guilty, didn't know what to do. So the story is that Joseph is now dead. What I can say to that is that don't listen to what others say about you. Don't listen to what others say about the coat. Because the story was not the truth. Joseph was not dead. But that's the story that people wanted to paint. So if you've heard stories about you, ignore them. If you hear stories about other people, ignore them. You make up your own mind. You go to God and ask for wisdom and guidance and accept only the truth, uh, not other things from other people. So wear your coat lightly. Wear the stories that you hear. Wear them lightly as well. Let them go in one ear and perhaps outside the other almost as quickly. Okay, so that's my second point. Let's go on to my third point here. Recovering from wardrobe malfunctions. And if you know what that phrase is, fear not. You're not going to see any tonight, okay? It's just a play on the term, so it's all safe. But certainly, you know, in that whole story that we just read about there, Joseph did have a pretty bad turn of events. His brothers chucked him in a hole. It was not good news at all. If you go further down the story, things did certainly improve for Joseph. It was just that particular season that was not that great. And so as far as when things are not going well, when you're having wardrobe malfunctions, when there's things not going quite well in your life, again, there's guidance that God wants to give us through his word. And if we are open to that, it can be incredibly transforming. So let's have a look at this scripture. This is Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, which says, And we know that in all things 
God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now that is a truth, that is a promise, but there is a catch. The way I look at this scripture, I think there's an opt-in. It's up to you how much of that particular scripture that you take on board. Because it says, all things work for good for those who love him. So that means it's a choice. So let me ask you this, when things don't go well, are you still loving God? Are you still wanting to love God? Are you still proactively saying, God, I love you? Or does the mind go back a little bit in reverse and all of a sudden you might subtly switch into conditional love? Conditional love is I love you if I'm happy with what you're doing to me or I will love you if certain things are happening. It's so easy to do that. We can easily get angry with God, be disappointed with him. And when we're in that frame of mind, what probably happens is that our love for God evaporates. It's pretty hard to have love for somebody if you're also angry with them at the same time. Husbands and wives, I'm sure. If you occasionally have some disagreements, maybe you've experienced this as well. I know I have on a couple of occasions. So that's the opt-in. But if we try and have a posture, if we try and make sure that we love God, then the incredible truth and the reality of the scripture comes to pass so that God can work all things for good. I've heard so many stories over the years from people's lives where in our understanding some horrendous things have happened to them and they come out the other way, the other side of that, and you think, wow, they've still got such a great heart for God. Now, I don't know whether it was instantly always like that for some of these people or whether it was a process that perhaps they worked through. But surely the most important thing is that we make sure that we try and love God all the time and we then allow him to make good out of something bad that happened. Joseph certainly did that. He ended up being a huge, influential, incredible leader and ended up being able to show favour on his family against his brothers who betrayed him way back in the history there. So he obviously put this concept of God into practice as well, chose to love God and chose to do good things in spite of what had happened to him. Okay, next wardrobe change. Feeling cold? I'm definitely not feeling cold now. Amazing. So what's happening here? Well, I'm actually taking on too much as far as the current weather and the temperature is concerned in here. This is really too much. But how many times do you take on coats? Do you take on burdens? Do you take on other people's um, offences? Maybe your own. Maybe you collect your offences. I've got nice big pockets here. Plenty of room in here for lots of offences. How many of us do that? And we don't realise that if we were to just glance in the mirror the way that God sees us, we would all of a sudden say, look at this, I'm wearing this huge big coat. No wonder I'm feeling so weighed down with the weight of this, plus the weight of all these things that I've been carrying around in these pockets. And no wonder I'm, no wonder I'm getting hot and bothered. I'm, I'm taking on more than I really should be, taking on other people's burdens. And I'm not saying don't listen to people, but be wary in how much of a burden that you take on board from somebody else. I was talking to someone just recently and they're trying to encourage somebody else. And I said, look, that's fantastic. Thank you so much that you were trying to encourage somebody else. But whilst you are doing that, please make sure that you don't take on more than you should be. 
Care for them, love them, support them as best you can, but also make sure that you take care of yourself. It's finding that balance and making sure that you don't take on too much. And God also wants to make sure that you don't take on too much. Here's another scripture for you. This is Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That last part of the verse, I want to focus on that. Let us run with perseverance the race that is masked out on us. We can't do that fully unless we do the first part of that verse as well, which is throwing off everything that hinders us. Now, I just did a quick mental check, check there. Do I also take off the navy jacket or do I leave it on? So I'm not saying I've got all this worked out all the time. It's a discretionary thing. Each situation needs you to give it appropriate thought. My appropriate thought right then was I'm still feeling pretty warm and toasty, so off comes the other jacket. Okay, so that's uh, that point there. Let's have a look at another point here. This is point number four. The power is not in the wardrobe. As much as I love my clothes, they do have a limit to their value. Our wardrobe might be visible, but you know what? The most important things are not the things that can be seen. The most important things are the things that can't be seen. And again, surprisingly, God has got something to say about this. Let's have a look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. So the wardrobe might be great. It might be somewhat important. But faith is the most important thing. Faith is one of those things that you can't see, but you do see the results of it. And if you can pre-see the results of it, then that's where your faith really does get activated. Another example of how the power is not in the wardrobe, it's not on the outward things, but yet many people do think about this. This is uh, part of the scriptures which talks about when Jesus was crucified. And so we're going to pick this up on Matthew chapter 27 and verse 35, which says, When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. See, they thought the power was in his wardrobe. Jesus was on the cross. He was being crucified. The leaders of the day thought they'd won. The enemy, the devil, he thought he'd won as well. So that they're celebrating, saying, it's pretty much almost done. Sure, Jesus is still alive just. He's about to die. Let's toss up all his clothes and have a party because these things, they're no longer important. They were looking at the wrong thing. The clothes were not the important factor here. It was Jesus' death, his sacrifice for all of our sins, that was the most important thing, and they just missed it big time. Let me come through to my final point then as we wrap up this message. Here is the ultimate wardrobe change for you. This is Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. That is a truth statement. That is the reality. 
if we've come into relationship with Christ, then we quite literally, we are clothed with Christ. What an amazing, amazing thing. It's a spiritual thing. That's one of those unseen things that I was talking about a few moments ago. We are clothed with Christ. He's, he's there. He's wrapping all around us. We've got incredible connection and power with him. That is just mind-blowing to some extent if you think about it. So you know, forget about the, the clothes that you may or may not like that are up there on the rack. Clothing ourselves with Christ, that is really what it's all about. And as I alluded to, it's for those of us that know Jesus. And so as I close out this message, here's the most important thing you can ever hear, is that Jesus died for you. I spoke about his crucifixion on the cross. I spoke about how he wants to clothe us. And that's available to every single one of us. Myself, and as I look around the auditorium, and I know there are many people always online, and I I know the regular people that join with us, many of you have done this as well. And here's my invitation to you that if you've never said yes to Jesus, if he's never come into your life, if you've never realised that he died on the cross for you, then you can say yes to him right now. And we've got a couple of really easy ways for you to do that. It's so easy that it almost seems like it can't be possible, but yet it is. When Jesus called different people to him, as you read through the Gospels, there were different ways in which he did it. All he wanted was the response of people's hearts to follow him and acknowledge him and and allow him into their lives. And so that's the same right now. All he wants is for you to say yes to him. So we have what we call yes text. If you are in Australia, we ask you to text the word yes, Y-E-S. Text the word yes. That's your way. Make it your way. It's your way of saying yes to Jesus and inviting him into your heart. So let me tell you what that number is if you are in Australia. It's 0488 826 392. Now, if you're outside of Australia or you'd like to do something in a similar way, you can go to this website, yes.metrochurch.org.au. Whichever of those two forms you go to, it's you saying yes to Jesus. And here's what will then happen. The next day at 7 a.m. Perth time, we will either text you a Bible verse or we will email you a Bible verse, depending on which version you choose. And we'll do that for the next 30 days free of charge. That Bible verse will give you a sample prayer related to that Bible verse, teaching you and showing you how you get to start your prayer relationship with God. And at the end of the 30 days, uh, we'll send you another invitation to join what we call our mini-series. There's a whole variety of those. They each run for 10 days. And you can stop or hop, hop out of that any time that you wish to, but it's all free of charge, and it comes directly from our church. We don't send your information to anybody else, and we'll only send you that type of content that's designed to help you as well. But if you, you might also want to say, look, I actually want to say some sort of a prayer as well, and I get that, and that's a great way to also do it. So I'm going to pray right now for everybody that's in the building and everybody that is online, and maybe you're joining the service after we've live-streamed. Whenever you're hearing this, Here is your opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to pray, believing in faith, that people are going to respond to Jesus. Lord, I pray for every person who is considering saying yes to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just be nudging them, making sure that it's genuine for them. But Lord, I pray that you will help every person who wants to say yes to be able to say yes. Maybe they'll 
uh, say it as a verbal prayer. Maybe they'll text it through. They'll go to that website. But Lord, you know their heart and you know what's going to be genuine. And so I pray for every person responding to this. They will say yes to you. They will receive what you did on the cross. They will receive forgiveness of sin. They will receive eternal life through your shed blood. And they will walk with you forever and be servants for you here on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, church. Thank you for um, receiving of the message. I won't say listening to the message because I do believe that uh, people have been receiving the message. So I pray that that's been a, a great blessing to you. Of course, all of our messages are available on YouTube, Metro Church WA. You can go back several years and have all of our content on there. So if that's a message that's really spoken to you and you want to get some of those points again, that's a great way of being able to do that. Well, we love worship, so we're going to uh, close out with another beautiful worship song. So thank you, ladies. Come and uh, worship with us there. And uh, for those of you that are online, I'm going to be down in the studio in a few moments with ministry time. But uh, church, why don't we stand and worship and love God one more time?